Culture Map presents What's Eric Eating? From the Gal Media Studios in Houston, Texas, here's Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. Welcome to What's Eric Eating? Culture Map's weekly look at all things Houston bars and restaurants. I'm your host, Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. I have Terry and Robin Wong and Kui Huang from the Blood Brothers Barbecue coming up in a little bit. But first, I'm joined by my co-host this week. He is the chef owner of Riel Restaurant in Montrose, making the jump from guest to co-host. Ryan Lashane, welcome back to the show. How are you? Thanks. I finally made it. All right. Do I have to put the disclaimer on? I'll, I'll try to pump the brakes a little bit. I can't promise anything. All right. We'll see how this goes. All right. For, I know some people like to listen to the show in the car. In the, in the unlikely event that you are listening to this in your car with your children, just know that Ryan tends to work a little bit blue, and so you may or may not want to listen to the rest of this episode in their presence. You will definitely want to listen to it. You just, you just may want to come back when you're solo adult. They got to learn sometime. <laughs> that's right. I don't know that it has to be from this podcast, but that's probably true. All right. Uh, well, let us dive right into the news of the week. Starting with topic number one, Goodnight Hospitality is getting ready to open two new projects in Montrose next month. One of them is Montrose Cheese and Wine, a retail cheese and wine shop. I know it's a, it's a very complicated name. And the second is Rosie Cannonball, a casual restaurant fueled by a wood-fired oven. Towards that end, they have announced some significant new hires, uh, Adam Garcia is the chef de cuisine for Rosie Cannonball. He and Felipe Richo were on the show a few months ago, so that's not news. But there are there are a few additions that are interesting, starting with Sean Gale, a pastry, the executive pastry chef for all of their restaurants. Uh, Rosie Cannonball service manager Rachel Pino. Ryan Cooper has signed on to be the wine director for Montrose Cheese and Wine. Sharon McCracken is the cheesemonger and general manager for Montrose Cheese and Wine. And Stuart Humphreys will be the bar director for Rosie Cannonball. Uh, I just want to focus on Sean for Sean. I guess it's Gale. I don't know. G-A-W-L-E. I don't know him. Okay. I never met the guy. I haven't met the guy either, but he's, he's got some, um, he comes from some good stock here. Yeah. L2O three. He's, he's been, he's worked at three Three different three Michelin star restaurants. Mm-hmm. So L2O in Chicago, Cezanne in San Francisco, and then Quince in San Francisco. I mean, it's like, it, it seems to me that it's almost a legitimate question to be like, is this guy already the best pastry chef in Houston? Oh, man, that's a tough one. Like I said, I don't know him. I've never eaten his stuff. I'm sure he can fucking bring it, you know, from working in all those places. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know the guy. So. We'll yep. see, and nor do I want to get in trouble with any other pastry chefs I know in town. So I won't, won't say anything. <laughs> yeah, I think that. I yeah, I think raising that question might. Yeah. But in terms of his resume, Abs- on paper, on, I, I, he's he's up there. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, there there are very few people working in Houston that bring that level of experience, not just to pastry, but to any sort of yeah, uh, absolutely chefing in general. And then Rachel Pino on the service side comes from. 11 Madison Park in New York City, uh, widely acclaimed to have some of the best service anywhere in the world. Yeah. 
they're they're definitely fucking bringing it. I'll tell you, man. They made some good hires here, so I'm excited for them. I like those guys. Yeah, I really I mean, like those guys. Well, yeah, you and Felipe worked together a long time ago, back in the Reef days, right? Yeah. Oh man, we worked at Reef when God, we were doing like 500 covers a night there. We worked um um, it's called Hot Apps, like Fryer, and it was like it may have been the hardest station in the city. It was it was fucking terrible. Is is that the fried mac and cheese, or was that the, was that- the fried mac and cheese would come off there? All the salads. Um, a bunch of, I forget how many pickups we had. Like there was like, I would want to say 12 to 14 pickups on that station, you know, and, and you're doing that many covers. Yeah. It was, it was a lot. Yeah. yeah every we, table's getting like we three dishes. Get shit kicked out of us. Oh yeah. Uh, but, uh, but I mean, this seems like, I mean, Ryan Cooper's an advanced sommelier. He's working, he's overseeing the wine list at the cheese and wine shop. He's working for two master sommeliers. Lots David of wine Keck knowledge and Rodil. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, outside of Pappas Brothers Steakhouse. Like, there may not be more wine knowledge in any single restaurant group in the city. Yeah, there's a lot of all those guys know their juice. I'll tell you that. Like, it's 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 a lot. They're they're coming in hot. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say, I mean, Rosie Cannonball, and then I don't know, I don't know when they're opening March, the fine dining restaurant. But I mean, those have got to be two of the most exciting places that are going to open in Houston this year. Oh, for sure. For sure, like everyone's, you know, everyone's been waiting for, for a while to see what's gonna what's gonna happen there. Um, I, like those, they, they come in the reality, you know, every once in a while. Um, Pete will come in, or Cack will come in, or Flip will come in. We'll chat about, it. and they're like, they seem like they're just right at that stage where it's like, just fuck, let's let's do this already. And when we open a restaurant, there's that certain point where like all the equipment's in, this is in, you're just waiting on the city and stuff, and it's just like, just killing you. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean, and I mean, Stuart Humphreys is a guy who's bounced. Stuart around. was in the other night too. He was on Saturday night. He was in the restaurant. Yeah, I mean, he's worked <clears> at uh, Past Provisions. He was most recently at Tongue Cut Sparrow. He's a multiple time Tastemaker Award Bartender of the Year nominee. I mean, he he used to work he, at Hay Merchant. He worked at Underbelly. That's right. Yeah, I see. Have Stuart a hard time. Uh, to uh, to to borrow to borrow your phrasing, he really knows his shit. Yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. I like him. I mean, it's just it's a lot of. It's a lot of talent for a small restaurant or I mean, for what's going to be a pretty casual. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess like I could look, if they have the resources to bring those guys in, then, then God bless them. And you have to look at it this way too. Like so many restaurants open nowadays, like so fast, like one closes too open that if you're no, if you don't bring it like, like right out of the shoot, you, you can be in big fucking trouble. Like there's not a lot of time to have, you know, five, six, months to get your legs oh no we don't you, no, you, we don't you, we don't have that kind of pain yeah you fucking writers are in there like two weeks into it writing about us right and no one knows what's going on and so you know you have to come out of the come out of the gate real strong or you, or you can not be relevant real quick yeah and i think that's what i mean not to go too far off topic but i think that's what happened at squabble right bobby and justin recruited uh mark and drew to run that kitchen and that they you know, they did about a week of invite only practice service and then they just kind of threw the doors open and it's been, it's been a real hit for them. I mean, they, they're really pushing it. You have to, well, you know, Mark's worked for Justin forever. So he kind of, he knows what Justin wants. So that's got to be a little bit easier. Um, yeah. you know, that way that you have a former employee, you know, um, working for you, but you know, there's, like I said, there's that point where, you know, you're not generating any income and you're paying fucking rent and salaries and that, that you just got like, you gotta say, hey, like we gotta get these doors open pretty quick here. I don't know. Right. All right. Topic number two. 
Pappas Restaurants is testing a new concept called Pappas Shrimp Shack at the Pappas Seafood location uh, at I-45 South, just inside the loop. I mean, I had I had lunch there with a couple of friends of mine. At this pop-up one? At the pop-up one, yeah. Cause, so, you know, there's always the, how did you find out about this? Well, I went to Dot Coffee Shop for dinner one night, and they had flyers on the tables promoting really? the pop-up. Yeah, they don't advertise. Like this, this, I mean, this is kind of an off-the-books thing for them, right? It doesn't have a website. It doesn't have any social media accounts. They're not promoting it unless you happen to be in that neighborhood. So my my dumb luck to have a craving for uh, for chicken fried steak and go to Doc Coffee Shop to find out about this. I, f- I find it strange that they're that they would do something like this, like kind of get into that, like you know a lot of the stuff that some of the uh, like you know small business independent guys do. Because I don't think they're they're hurting for for numbers or or that I get it. Maybe they're <clears throat> excuse me. They're testing out something new, but those guys. Don't they have like test kitchens and stuff like that? Well, they they clearly do have test kitchens. I this is a this is a new concept for them. It's a less expensive. Justin Basie, call me seafood. and tell me what's going on there. <laughs> That's right, Justin Basie or uh, or Michael Gaspard, right? Yeah. One of those guys should reach out. But yeah, it's so they they're very uh, they're very noncommittal about whether or not this is going to be uh, a new restaurant that oh, they really? move forward with. But apparently they. Apparently, they have some buildings in mind for it if they decide to move forward. So I think more likely than not, we're going to see one of these pretty soon. But I like, I mean, I like Papa Doe and I like the little, I mean, I like the little pepper seafood on Shepherd. I eat there every now and then. It is not cheap. It's it's not cheap. I, I was at, uh, my kids love uh, Papa Cito's. I like Papa Cito's, but it's, it's, it's not cheap. You know, it's ain't they like, um, yeah, they, it's, it can get expensive. Yeah, but at this place, most of the entrees are in the teens. Uh, I think the most expensive, there was like a steak and seafood thing that was like 30-something bucks. But mm. for the most part, you know, that that nice wallet-friendly 15 to $25 entrees, a whole bunch of apps under 10 bucks. I, I mean, there's just not a lot of places to get like decent quality, inexpensive seafood anymore. So I, that's true. I want them to do this. Like I, you know, yeah. and I'm, I'm sure they're not, maybe not thrilled to be getting media attention on something they were trying to keep under the radar. Too bad. Yeah. That's life in the big city. Yep. Uh, I don't know. Where do you go for cheap seafood? I don't, you know, I don't go out a lot. Like that's the thing. Like, um, you work a lot. I work a lot, you know, so I'm at the restaurant, um, on my, you know, on the day the restaurants close or on Mondays I'm with my kids. So there's not a lot of, um, you know, going out for dinner and that yeah. kind of stuff. Uh, I went to Eunice the other night. It was great. Really good. Place. I yeah. love that place too. And those then, and, and, and Drake and Dan are, are, are great guys. Absolutely. You know, yeah, it was good. All right. Topic number three, the hits just keep coming for restaurant Indigo. Man. Johnny Rhodes. Johnny's killing it. 13 seat restaurant named by Eater as one of the 16 best new restaurants in the country. Johnny's killing it, except in the julep oyster competition, which I beat him on. They don't serve a lot of oysters at, at Indigo, I don't think. I don't know. No, it hasn't I'm, been pickled been and fermented either. for 12 months. <laughs> I uh, I got to go. All right. So, I mean, you can you can talk a little trash. How, how badly did you beat him? I, so, he beat me in time, but I don't think he was shucking the bottom of him. Yeah. Well, that's not... Yeah, if you can't, like, tip the oyster and have the oyster meat fall out... So, they got to be, like, like restaurant ready. That's what I thought. Yeah. You know? But also, they were like some of those oysters, like the big kind of like golf oysters that are like a fucking 
rock. Yeah. So like I couldn't move my hand for like two days. So I don't know if it was worth. Yeah, it was took its toll physically on me. I mean, you're. I mean, you are a keen observer of the media landscape. What do you think it is about Indigo that has proved to be so media friendly? Like I said, I haven't eaten there. I've heard the food's really good. You know, so that you like it doesn't matter what you're you're talking about your food has to be good right absolutely you know and i think what he's 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 bringing up some important issues that that you know he can talk about that he's you know comfortable doing and so like i said i, I want to go in there and eat one night and, and and check it out and see see what all the fuss is about i i i mean i've been a couple of times i think it is worth being fussed over yeah uh i've had johnny on the show before we've talked about you know his research into culinary history and and the political and social conditions that have I, I mean, but yeah, I think I think that's the other thing is he's he's working in what you would broadly define as kind of soul food or southern food mm-hmm. and elevating that in a way that like not many people have done, you know. So he's working with like flavors that are pretty familiar, but it's in, it's, in it's a creative Im- way, it's important, right? Yeah, you know. Yeah, and it's it's part of this ongoing thing about trying to broaden the the spectrum of what kinds of restaurants get this kind of attention. Mm-hmm. Right, like a, a little tiny restaurant in an obscure neighborhood in Houston, like maybe five years ago, like good luck. But yeah, but in 2019, like there's, you know, we're trying to broaden the scope of the voices that we include in this kind of stuff. And so yeah, it's Indigo's, good. Yeah, Indigo's it's good on the for road. everybody. Yeah, I think I think any time the city, like a restaurant in the city, gets recognized as being among the best in the country, it's good for the whole city. It kind of lifts Absolutely. everybody up. Yeah. But you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't mind. Uh, you wouldn't mind showing up as a food and wine best new chef or like a. Oh, I, 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 you know, I'd love to, but that's not for me to, uh, to decide. <laughs> they don't ask me either, man. Or I'd, I'd, I'd have you there. Thanks, buddy. All right, uh, that does it for the news of the week. We'll be right back with our <clears throat> restaurant of the week. Stick around. You're listening to What's Eric Eating? All right. So usually for the restaurant of the week, we focus on something that has opened recently, but I let you pick Ryan Lachane of Real Restaurant. So we're doing something a little different. Uh, where did you want to go to eat? I wanted to go to New York Bagel in Meyerland. I used to live over there. I used to eat there like twice a week. Yeah, so we went to a 45-year-old bagel shop in Delhi uh, located on Hillcroft just near Braisewood. What is it about that restaurant that you like so much? I like like eating sandwiches. I like delis, and I and I'm going to get shit on for saying this, but there's not a lot of good places that have sandwiches in Houston. No, you know there I'm are. saying, and I don't give a fuck. You can rip me on Twitter or whatever. I don't care, but there's not a lot of good sandwiches here, and I think they have good sandwiches. And I'm you know kind of grew up, you know, eating that. There's lots of delis in Winnipeg and stuff, corned beef sandwiches, you know, things like that that I can't find anywhere around here. Yeah, and I grew up, I mean, you know, I've probably been eating those bagels as long as I have had teeth to chew them. Yeah, they're good. So, yeah, I think I think they're some of the best bagels in Houston. Yeah. We, like, it's funny, that was strictly a to-go institution for my family growing mm-hmm. up. We didn't stay at the, the, uh, the deli or the cafe to eat, but I have, uh, I have embraced it as an adult. And for that kind of, you know, like lox and bagel sandwich or like, you know, corned beef on, you know, it, 
if I'm not going to Kenny and Ziggy's, then I'm definitely going to the. It's now rebranded as the New York Deli and Coffee Shop. You know what? And I want to I want to talk about that too because remember when you um you put the release out and say, and I I hit you on Facebook. I said if they change this fucking sandwich I eat there, I'm going to be pissed. Well, yeah. So they they brought in a new partner. And they were sort of talking about modernizing the place well, a little bit. Well, let me bit. tell you, Eric, they changed a fucking sandwich. Oh, no. Yes. How yes. did they change it? Well, it's called a dinty more, and it's just like, it's just bread, there's corned beef, lettuce, tomato, and uh, Russian dressing. But it used to be, like, engineered where it was like a, a, like, a, like a club, like bread, meat and cheese, bread, lettuce, tomato, um, Russian dressing with a toothpick in it, cut in four. Oh, okay, got it. So it okay. was bigger, and now it's just like a regular sandwich, and I'm not happy. I'm not. Like, why would they do that? <laughs> I, I don't you know. know. I, I want to have them on the show at some point, because that is, the, that is the biggest worry with any time someone younger comes in or there's a new partner is, is that they're going to fuck, fuck up what made the place yeah, so good. Yeah, like, just like, and I don't, I, like, every time I'm there, it's packed. Yeah, like, it was close, not. They, we had a late lunch there on a they, Friday. It was they not close at two thirty or three, I think. I think that's right. You know, so it's like coming to the restaurant at like fucking ten o'clock at night. You know, everyone's everyone's leaving. Yeah. So, yeah, I was just not. You know, I was a little rattled. Uh, I still. I mean, I think the quality of their. I don't know where they're buying it from, but the quality of smoked fish is pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Bagels are still excellent, and it's got that. It's got that great just like New York diner vibe. There's just not very many places in Houston. That are all those of, shitty pictures of like the, the food, like from the eighties still up there Yeah, and everything. It's, it's great. I like it. You know, it's got some character. Like if, when I go in by myself, I usually go the back and sit at the, uh, the counter. Yeah. And, and talk, yeah, there's to, no talk good, to the girls back there. There's no good food. It's like, it's kind of dark, yeah. right? There's no good food pictures in there, but uh, it's unapologetic. Right, it it is it is undeniably retro, but but very charming in its own way. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so, are you, you're not giving up on it? Absolutely not. But that's you know, I, I, I was just I, I once I ate, I looked at it, it as like oh fuck the one like because I get that every time. I never get anything else there. Yeah, not only did you get one, you got one to go. I got one to go too, and I get that and the fries with the brown gravy, and then I'm I'm ready to rock. Yeah, it's like DIY poutine. Uh, what did, so we went with your general manager, uh, Nick Wynn. What did he think of the, uh, he's never been there before. I think he liked it. He ate quite a bit of it. Yeah. He, he knocked down a, a lox, a lox and bagel. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we bring on the blood brothers, what, uh, what's going on at real these days? Got some menu changes coming up, some summer stuff coming, some other, um, some new happy hour stuff's coming on this week. We did these, uh, Oh, we should talk about the Butterburgers. Okay. This is like your cult. This is like your new cult. I know. Hit. It's weird. Yeah. Tell, tell, just how do you make, how do you make them? You know, we make them in slider form. So the, there's like a, the patties an ounce and a half. Um, we mix in the patty, like almost like a French onion, like a dry French onion thing. You get like the Lipton's deal into there. You know, we sear them off and like we don't, like they're, they're, they're paper thin. Um, we make onions like French onion soup. That's probably the the hardest thing to do about them is that you know it takes half a day to cook them properly. So just you know a bunch of onions, caramelized beef stock, some other stuff, and a craft single. That's it. Only available on Tuesdays. Only available on Tuesdays, and we put pretty much maybe a teaspoon or more of butter on the bottom bun and the top bun too. Hence, and, hence uh, the name. How many do you make? 
we're like maxing out now. We're doing like on Tuesdays, we're probably selling about a hundred of them. Okay. But you could, I mean, is this like, this is, is this your future like slider concept? Is this I don't, like, I, we'll see about that. You know, it's, it's looking pretty good right now. People so. are freaking out about this burger. It's, it's good. Like, I'm not going to lie. No, I, it, I've eaten it. It is good. It's good. And I even eat them and I don't eat anything at right. Progies. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I'll eat them every once in a while. So yeah, they're, they're, you know, they're good. Yeah. Uh, and then are you doing HRW this, uh, this year? Yes, we are. All Does right. Start, starts August. Starts August 1st. Yeah. August but, 1st. Okay. but the menus, the menus are now live on the website. Oh, if you've, if you've submitted your menu, it should oh, be on I the have. website. I've done it. All right. Well, then we will be right back with the Blood Brothers. Stick around. You're listening to What's Eric Eating? I'm joined this week by the owners of Blood Brothers Barbecue. Gentlemen, I'm going to introduce you one at a time so people can hear your voices. Robin Wong, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you doing? Good. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Kui Wong, how are you? Good. Thanks for having us. All right. Terry Wong, welcome. Hala, hala, hala. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And Ryan Lashane is sticking around for this part, too. What's up? All right. Um, I, guys, I mean, obviously, Robin and Terry, you guys are brothers. Uh, how long have you known Kui? Like, how far back does this friendship go? 91 or no, earlier than that, I think. Late 80s. Wow. Yeah. 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 How'd you guys meet? 90. School. If you're gonna... <clears throat> 89, 90. Yeah. How did you guys meet? School. We all went to LSIC. Okay. And you just kind of hit it off like right from jump? Yeah. I mean, we, you know, over there, like after school, we'd all just go hang out, go eat around the school. Um, so we'd just run into each other. And yeah. Hit it off pretty good. We all have a bunch of friends in common. So um, there's just a big group of us that would hang out a lot after school and uh, yeah, like you said, going out to eat around the neighborhood, hanging out at shows and stuff. Yeah, I guess. Uh, oh, no, Terry, go ahead. The normal high school stuff, you know, uh, food, women, cars, music. <laughs> <Booze>. <laughs> so, Robin, you were, you've been a DJ for a long time. Like, how did you how did you kind of get involved in the club scene? And then and then you guys opened uh, Glitter Karaoke together or you and Terry opened Glitter Karaoke. I actually my first DJ gig was at a karaoke bar. So I would do karaoke DJing um, for the first part of the night, and then I'd play dance music for the second half of the night. Um, and then there was, there was about three or four different karaoke bars that we would hang out at, and there were things that we liked about them, things we didn't like about them. So we decided we were going to open up our own place and take the best things that we liked at all those places and make our own place. And we did that for five years out in Chinatown. And then how did you make your way to Midtown? So we, we closed our bar in Chinatown in 2005. For five years, we did uh, pr promoted parties under the Wong brothers. And um, one of the guys that we were become really good friends with, uh, John Caravello, was the GM at a place called Swivel. And the partners at Swivel wanted a new concept, and John recommended to us to convert it into a glitter karaoke in Midtown. So that's what we did. And we actually also happen to be pretty old, close friends with them, too. So yeah, Caravello grew up in A Leaf as well, so it's, it's, it's a big A Leaf connection. But was it, we opened uh, Glitter Karaoke in Midtown in 2010, and we've been there ever since. All right, and, and at what point did you decide you wanted to do steak night, and and how did you decide to bring Kui in to to facilitate that? That was around I think 
2012. Um, they used to do customer appreciation parties uh, for all the regulars and stuff. So I, I was going there and I was like, hey, let me cook for one of these, um, you know, parties because I always backyard grilled for my friends, Super Bowl parties, you know, Sunday football. And, you know, Robbie at first was like, no, I don't want you to cook. I just want you to hang out and have fun. I was like, no, I have fun cooking. So I brought my little Weber grill on the sidewalk up there. Uh, I think we cooked fajitas or something like that. Something and, easy. Yeah, yeah, something easy. How come I don't get a customer appreciation party? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, good idea. It's because you don't sing. Yeah, yeah that's true. true. <laughs> yeah, so from there I suggested, I was like, hey, we should do a steak night. Because back then I think only a few bars were doing uh, steak night. And uh, at first, they didn't have even have a grill in there, and then they acquired one, and then we started that. I think that was around 2012. All right. So when did the when did the interest in grilling evolve into smoking and barbecue? It was probably maybe eight months after we started steak night. Um, you know, before I was like, I don't have ten hours of my life to waste. You know, cooking one piece of meat. And then I guess one day at my house, I was like, you know, today's the day. I'm going to sit here for, you know, 10, 12 hours. I'm going to cook this piece of meat. Uh, so then I really got into it, you know, started reading, watching videos. He's um, always the type of person that's like when he would show up, he'd always have something extra. Like, hey, I want you to try this. Hey, I want you to try this. Whether it be uh, a bacon-wrapped drumstick or a, a, a turkey leg or some lamb chops, he'd always be bringing up stuff. And then it, it started evolving into straight barbecue. Uh, pork ribs at first, then um, maybe a maybe a pork butt yeah, or pulled pork. Yeah, just progress from there. And then, how long did it take you to decide? Like, we have something here. Let's let's have a pop up and see how it goes. I think it was about a year after um, we started steak night. You know, so six we, months we really, after I started dabbling in it. It really wasn't even an idea until a friend of mine asked us if we wanted to buy his smoker. Because Kui was just using one Weber kettle. And uh, this this offset was, I don't know, pretty big, about yeah, five feet long. Yeah, pretty big on a trailer. Long. Yeah, it's a homemade on a trailer. So once we once we had that, we decided we were going to buy it. We split it with Kui. Um, then we were like, okay, well, then let's let's go big. Yeah, and is that the point at which you branded it? Yes, and named it. Yes, because then we were we started doing actual events. We said, like, well, we can't just say glitter glitter barbecue and backyard Kui barbecue. And guys. So <laughs> we came up with a name, and uh, and then we did Buff Brew. Yeah, our very first event that was, was that. Gig? Yeah, yeah, their two year anniversary party. So their our birthday is the same as theirs, but they're two years older than us. So, all right, so you did the pop-ups for a couple of years. You guys built a following. You kind of found, like, mainstream acceptance. You did the Houston Barbecue Festival. Um, at what point did you decide, okay, we can, we can do this. We can, we can turn this into a restaurant. I think it was because we had a lot of customers and fans that, you know, would have our food at all these festivals, and they couldn't. Even then, we had increased our pop-ups to twice a month, but they still couldn't make it. Um, so we had a lot of people, y'all need to do something. Y'all need to do something. And it was, we weren't even in really a rush to do it. We were looking. And you, you came to our pop-ups a few times. So it's like, it was only on Saturdays and like noon to whenever we sold out. So a lot of people, you know, one day out of the week, twice a month, they, they just couldn't make it. 
Yeah, and it would be like at a bar, which maybe right. if you have kids, like wasn't the most conducive yeah, environment yeah, or right. whatever. Yeah. So you opened uh, you opened in December. Yes. How's it going? It's been really good. <laughs> yeah, it's been crazy. Fuck, I've been there twice. It's packed every time. <laughs> I got turned away one time. Instead of that to you, fucking guys. <laughs> Ryan's lucky though. When we have leftovers, we pretty much shoot it, shoot it to real every time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think you came on Tie Day Friday that day. Came on Tie Day Friday. Yeah, I made it halfway through the line and then got sent home. (laughs) You could have got a bun me. (laughs) Uh, I want to talk about a couple of different aspects because you do you do Central Texas style, like pretty straight brisket and ribs and sausage, and then you do a whole bunch of Asian influenced things. What's that been like at the restaurant in terms of, like, what are people like? What do people order? Is there is there one aspect of it or another that they prefer? No, it's pretty balanced. I think, you know, we have a lot of repeat customers now, so everything's pretty balanced. But I think most people that come in at first, you know, they're always we always suggest, hey, just get the Texas Trinity. Um, but then there are people that you know see us or read about us, and they come in just looking for the fusion stuff. Yeah, you know, like they're a first time, yeah, first time person from out of town or something that read about us. The first thing they asked when they get up to the cutting station is, what do y'all have special today? They don't, they're not even interested in just having a piece of brisket. They want to know, do we have the peach habanero burn-ins? You know, do do we have the titnung or or the marfi sandwich or something? They want to know what we have on special. And every every day the special is different. Yeah, and I I guess... I mean, the biggest difference between a pop-up and a restaurant is that, like, diners' expectations are so much higher for a restaurant. So what's it been like kind of managing that and, like, helping move the line through and and dealing with when you sell out and and all all of those little aspects of it? I mean, it hasn't been too bad. It's actually been better than a pop-up. There's a lot of items now that we can do with a kitchen and a brick-and-mortar that we can't do at pop-ups, you know. Uh, due to like holding issues or whatnot, get to experiment a lot more. Um, as far as moving the line, I think we're pretty quick. You know, I think a lot of people that you know have issues with it. Maybe they haven't been to these newer barbecue restaurants where they're you know forty five minute wait, hour wait. You know, we've timed it. I mean, if you're at if we have a line out the door, it's from the door to the counter is about twenty minutes. That's not bad. Yeah. I mean, there's probably 30, 40 people in front of you. And I always say, if you were at McDonald's and there's 30 people in front of you, you're not getting your food in 20 minutes. Yeah. No. So, so <laughs> I think I we're... Say, yeah, I would say worst case scenario, you know, people have, if people have really big orders, you know, like 30 at the most. But again, that's cash registered to the door. I mean, that's not bad at all. Yeah. I, I just, I wonder what it's like being in a neighborhood where there's like so many kind of, there's a couple of old school barbecue places that maybe aren't seasoning the way you do or smoking the way you do. The, the neighborhood folks are actually our biggest fans. Okay. It's the people, yeah. the outside of the neighborhoods awesome. that, that might say like, oh, well, we can go somewhere else. The neighborhood people are like, I'm so glad you're here. Yeah, like, we been, needed this in Bel Air. So yeah. you guys are getting like some barbecue snobs in there? No, because I don't, you know, most of the people that understand barbecue, I think those are the ones that understand the line situation and stuff like that. But, you know, there's always going to be random people. Well, why did you sell out? We have, you know, someone's like, why do you sell out? Good company doesn't sell out. And we're like, okay, well, it says Blood Brothers on the door, not good company, you know. So, but it's just, I think a lot of people maybe that 
just read about it, heard a sauce on TV or something. Oh, I got to go check these guys out. And then they get there and we have this long line and they get frustrated. But if you go anywhere, you know, you go to Truth, you go to Killens, anywhere, they're going to have a long line. It's pretty much the, like, the business mall now, right? For barbecue, like, like just cook till you sell out. Yeah, keep it fresh. Keep it fresh. I mean, we don't reheat food, you know, so you got to keep it fresh. And I always tell people the worst thing that could happen for barbecue restaurants yeah. to have leftovers, right? Because we're not going to serve it the next day. Not for me, because we're <laughs> <laughs> Have you... Uh... I hope you guys have shitty days. <laughs> You're hey, Ryan's waiting for rain. <laughs> have you... I mean, have you increased capacity at all since you opened, or have you... Um, we did up our, our, our pars, um, especially in May. I mean, we probably increased everything by about 30%, and... We're still selling out. Still selling out. So people people will ask us like, oh, you know, you're selling out so early. Why don't you cook more? We were cooking out more and still selling out yeah. at the same time because there was so much volume of customers. And now we've, we've had to take our, our pars down slightly because it's kind of the slower part of the year. Yeah, this is the time of year when people like go out of town for yeah. the summer. So we're, we're, we're learning. You know, it's our first year, so we kind of have to see, okay, this holiday is good. The few days after is not so good. So we're just And unfortunately, I always have to explain to people, like, what are your hours? Well, we open at 11 and we're open until we sell out. It's unfortunate that social media sites, you have to give a specific time. So it, it kind of hurts us if, we, if on social media it says we're closed at 3, but we've got food until 6 o'clock. So someone that's just checking their social media might look at that and be like, oh, well, I'm not going to bother going. They're closed, but we're actually we're still there selling food. So that's kind of a, the catch-22. Like, I wish there was a function on social media to just be like... I mean, the know, majority of the time is around 3. That's around yeah, the, the, the majority of the time. But, I mean, that's not all the time. But some people will call and, like, yeah, come grab this rack of ribs. We'll give it to you half price. Come grab it. You know, and they, they'll, get, they'll, they'll be the lucky couple of people. Or we'll post it up. Come grab this rack for half price or come grab this brisket for a discount. I mean, I know, Kui, this is being in a... A real kitchen has allowed you to expand the menu pretty dramatically. What are some of the new dishes you've introduced that you've been particularly excited about? I think the all the new sandwiches we've been doing, uh, the Marfie's beef and cheddar. It's so, so good. Really. Yeah, yeah, it's, so good. it's basically our play on Arby's beef and cheddar. Uh, it's a smoked prime rib sandwich with uh, horsey sauce, our SWAT sauce, beer onions, cheese sauce on a jalapeno cheddar bread. From Breadman, from yeah, Tassos. No, we can't say horsey. It's crunk. Crunk sauce. Yeah, you crunk can't. Sauce. Horsey is yeah, there. Yeah, no horsey sauce. Crunk sauce. Crunk sauce. Horsey inspired. Cease and desist letter tomorrow. Uh, and then the most recent one that's gotten a lot of good feedback is our peach habanero pork belly burn ends. That yeah, that sounds been, good. Yeah. I haven't that, had that yet. That one's been flying out. We started it with the blueberry um, barbecue sauce. And then when peaches became really good in season, we, we switched to peach. And, yeah, that, that, it's been – it's really good, yeah. actually. Even yeah, it's really good. last Friday, after the fourth one, it was slow. That was the one thing that still flew up. Like, we sold out of that pretty quick. So what are you thinking about next? Like, what are you, what are you working on? Or what do you want to do? Uh, we got a lot of ideas. Yeah, yeah we, we, started, of we started making our own spam. So we were trying to introduce a few dishes with that. So that's been good. Have you guys ever put one on that, like, sucked, it didn't fly? Because it happens to me all the time. Or no, um, you just couldn't get it right. You have a great idea. You know, some, some you of the make it good. Some of the sausages that we've done is weird. Uh, you know, one week it, it'll fly out the door, and then the next week we'll have, like, 30 links left over. But it's, that's just random. I don't think it's a 
problem with the product. It's just just random days. Well, we we test stuff out quite a bit before before it ever comes close to the menu. Um, like the other day, Marfe, our our, our uh, register girl, uh, she's been wanting me to cook um, a brisket chow fun because I'll play around with stuff and. We'll do a tofu one or a beef one. She wanted to do it with brisket, and I wasn't sure how it was going to work. And we did it this weekend, and it was really good. Yeah, it turned out really well. So you might see that might coming see that. on like a happy hour menu. Well, yeah. I, I mean, now that you've kind of got your lunch flow kind of squared away, I mean, do you – I mean, you have an alcohol license. I mean, do you want to do like a happy hour dinner situation at some point? At some point. We're – slowly working into that um and it'll probably be three days a week only not not every day we're thinking maybe thursday friday saturday we just added um a second shift cook and so he's only been there about three weeks yeah so once he gets kind of acclimated to everything that we need him to do then we'll start adding more responsibilities on him which will be the cooking for the happy hour and things like that let me just let me let me shift gears slightly because i know this is uh Ryan and I were discussing this off air. You guys have gotten a lot of media attention. I mean, you are the, you are the winner of the Culture Map Taste Raker Awards Best New Restaurant, which was a, a fan vote, and you beat some pretty heady competition to win that. Uh, you're a Texas Monthly Top 25 Best New Barbecue Joint. You, uh, you've been featured in, uh, wait, was it the New York Times? No, it was, New York yeah. Times. yeah. I mean, been how, amazing. yeah, what's that, what's that been like? I mean, to get all this attention. It's, surreal. Uh, yeah, surreal. Um, can't believe it, but we're very humbled by it. Has it has it made a difference? I mean, you think you're busier because of all of it? Yeah, especially in May. I think that's when uh, the Texas Monthly article dropped and then Allison Cook's review. That month, just it was crazy. That's when we in- increased all our pars and was still getting crushed. Yeah, you got a solid every, two stars every, from Allison. Every right? little thing that comes out, Someone will come up, like someone will come up to to one of us. We saw you on TV because ABC did the localish um, oh, episode, and I guess they've aired it several times. Um, yeah. So people, I saw you on TV, and they're like, "Well, we haven't been on TV." Yeah. I was like, "Oh wait," they, and they, I guess they're airing it like all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Are you surprised cool. by how busy you've been? I mean, yeah, actually, yeah. You. Uh, you feel good about it, or is, is it like more pressure maybe than you? Oh, not really. I mean, I feel good. We just do what we do. We've got we a do. solid staff. Yeah, I mean, I most of our crew has been with us since since the pop-ups. Um, so everybody knows what they're supposed to do. We've added a couple people that have uh, really fit right in. Um, so, yeah, no, things are running pretty smoothly. I mean, Terry, you're the hype man. I mean, is this like kind of unprecedented for you to get this much? Oh, it's awesome. I mean, it's, it's super cool to see uh folks come two or three times a week that's like the coolest feeling that's really cool yeah so kind of what do you think is kind of next for you or, or you've got kind of the rest of the year for your first year like what are are there like a couple of goals you want to hit not i mean no i think just do what we do add more uh menu items just experiment have fun you know don't get burnt out We've we've been uh, <laughs> we've been we've been lucky enough to be invited to events outside of the restaurant like um, the Sugarland um, Wine and Food thing. Uh, Ryan introduced us to the people over there, and um, we're looking forward Thank to you, doing Ryan. that in October. Uh, we've been invited to the Texas Monthly Barbecue Fest in November. 
Then we've got the Woodlands Barbecue Fest. Um, so some of those events, we're going to have to shut down the shop. Um, but, you know, eventually we'd like to get it to a point to where the three of us can go and do these events and keep the shop rolling and not have to shut down. So yeah, that, that's, you, that's kind of a goal, if yeah. you want to say that. Yeah, You did Atlanta Food and Wine, didn't you? No. No. Fijis was there. Ryan okay. was there. Much. Ryan Felix, Felix Flores was there, I think. No. Felix no? was, was there. Um, shit, who was there? Gaston was there, and, and uh, now it was Rebecca, there. right? Becky was there. Becky was there. Oh, what's his name? Uh, William from Helen was there. Oh, okay. But, I mean, you I mean, you aspire to that kind of get out of state, take the act, take the show on the road? Yeah, I think it would be cool. It would be something different. Um, it's just one thing, like Robbie said, is we just got to make sure the restaurant can stay open. Can't afford to just shut down when there's an <laughs> event, you know? Yeah. Um. Well, Ryan, do you have other questions for these gentlemen before we wrap this up? I don't think so. Um, I'm sure I'll see them at least twice this week. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere between 10 o'clock. Oh, and yeah. We got to talk about our, our pop-up. That's, that's right. We're going to do a pop-up. We're going to do like a um, collab thing. What day? August. August 15th. 15th. August 15th at Glitter. So kind of a Real slash Blood Brothers or Blood Brothers slash Real. Bring a bib and take Uber. <laughs> yeah, Uber, I mean, Uber to over. It's going to be on. I mean, you've done pop-ups at Glitter before, like with the hot dogs and stuff. Like, this will be this will be different than that? Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we're going to sit down and we're going to collab on some some dishes and... Uh, some fun uh, stuff. Some fun stuff, yeah. yeah. Will there be pierogies? I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Stay tuned for that. Uh, guys, before you get out of here, I, I have what I call the uh, lightning round. Five easy questions, five short answers. Just say the first thing. That comes to mind. All right, Robin, I'm going to start with you. What's the first band or performer you ever saw in concert? Michael Jackson and uh, the Jackson Five Victory Tour. You saw Michael Did, Jackson? My mom, my mom told us we were going to Astro World. She knew how big fa- fans we were, and we knew that Michael Jackson was in the, I guess, the Astrodome. And she starts walking us toward the Astrodome instead of Astro World. We're like, "What's going on?" She's like, "Oh, I yes. tricked you." Thanks, mom. <laughs> yeah, so that, that was, was awesome. That was awesome. I was, I was at that. That is the, also my first concert ever. Yeah, we're not all about that. It's, the, not we're that all it's about come the up same ever. age. Yeah. Um, all right, Quee, how about you? Probably Public Enemy. I think at the summit. That is a very solid answer. Um, all right, Terry, who's your favorite Houston sports figure, past or present? That's easy, Earl Campbell. How about you? Probably Mike Scott. Solid. Robin? Akeem Olajuwon. All right. Terry, back to you. What is your fast food guilty pleasure? It has to come from a restaurant with a drive-thru. Ooh, fast food guilty pleasure? Um, and too easy. Uh, Whataburger. Quee? Jack in the Box tacos. Oh. Robbie? Yeah, I was going to probably say the Oreo shake from Jack in the Box. <laughs> <laughs> That's dirty. <laughs> All right. Everybody has their standard, like the one karaoke song that they can sing better than anybody else. Robbie, what's yours? <laughs> Ryan's going to be mad if I don't say Billy Joel. <laughs> a big shot. I don't know. Allentown. <laughs> pick, pick a Billy Joel song. <laughs> I, I like the boss at Allentown. <laughs> don't really sing, but probably bring the noise by public enemy. Yeah, well, yeah, really. All right, Terry, how about you? Um, always a woman. Always yeah, a woman. yeah. <laughs> always a woman. Billy the Billy Joel, Joel song. <laughs> That's. Can you tell we like Billy Joel? August fifteenth, it'll be Billy Joel all night. <laughs> I never, that, I never saw that coming. All that right, might be bad marketing. <laughs> <laughs> it 
Ryan, Ryan Lashane, the Blood Brothers, and Billy Joel. I'm in. I'm in. I'm totally in. <laughs> All right. Terry, last question. When you go to a pizza place for the first time, what is your go-to pizza order? Um, thin crust, if, if they have it. Thin crust, uh, uh, onion, mushroom, and uh, uh, sausage. All right. Gui, how about you? Pepperoni and jalapenos. Robbie. I'm straight. Thin crust, pepperoni. All right, Robbie, give us the website and the social media and all that for the Blood Brothers. How can people follow you guys? Pretty much everything is Blood Bros BBQ um, across the board. Um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, yeah. Ryan, it's realhdx.com, right? That's it. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at eSandler, on Instagram at Eric Sandler. Keep it locked on culturemap.com for all the latest Houston bar and restaurant news. Thanks to the Blood Brothers. Thanks to Ryan Lashane. Thanks to you for listening. I'll be back next week.